I'm Asan. It is the morning of the Champions League final. I'm in Porto. I've got Lloyd with me. Morning, Lloyd. Morning, Asan. How you doing, mate? Well, I'm all right, you know. We didn't go that big last night, so I'm feeling quite quite fresh. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel it a little bit as well. I've got the... Uh, I was up super early, and it feels like with each passing day, the game has gotten bigger somehow. And reading all the media this morning was like, wow, this is really fucking huge. The weird thing is, I don't know if you felt this, but we give the media a lot of shit, don't we? Mm. But waking up this morning, reading all the papers, everybody's gone to town on the Champions League final. And it feels like there's a lot of very, very nice things being written and said about Pep and the players this morning. Have you seen any of that? I've seen some of it, yeah. Um, I think rightly so. Like, mm. you know, I think one of the things about this City team is I feel probably over the five years that Pep's been here so far, we've probably been the best team in Europe for at least two or three of those. And so it, it really does feel right that I think that we're here. Um, and it does feel like the time. And, you know, the football has been so good. And I think Pep's management particularly this season we've seen as absolute genius um probably more than ever and yeah it feels right that that should be lauded and and made much of do you think you have to win the european cup to be considered the best team in europe because i i've been i've been pondering on this for the last few days as people kind of talk about past finalists and you begin to think about teams in the past that have won it and then you think like well how many of them were the best team in europe and honestly, my living memory, not many of them were. Do you see what I'm driving at? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Chelsea are a good example when they won the Champions League. They were mm. definitely, definitely not the best team in Europe. And Bayern have probably been, you know, the best team in Europe plenty of times over the last 10 years. And I think they've only won it twice. So I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. You don't have to win it to be the best team. But I think when you think back and, you know, you look at the the honours list and whatever, it does help to have that next to your name and um, that kind of just brings a resonance. Um, but no, you're right, there's definitely years where, I mean, look at the three years of, that Pep was at Bayern. They were yeah. they were definitely the best team in Europe for at least two, if not three of those years and they didn't manage to get to a final, did they? So I think all three years they were, the, uh, they were probably the best team in Europe. Um, looking a little bit ahead to tonight, the whole kind of does he pick the exactly the same team and therefore Tuchel basically there's no surprises for Tuchel or does he throw a single curveball in there? I'm beginning to think he might throw a curveball in, you know, mm. because I just think I think the I think Pep's got too much respect for Tuchel and I think he rates him too highly to make it easy for him. And I just feel as though that team, do you know what I mean? It's like mm. loads of people have said when we talked about the rotated teams in the FA Cup and everybody was like, oh, but you know, it's not like Tuchel doesn't know what team Pep's gonna pick. Those are the players, do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, maybe we'll throw a curveball in there. What do you think? I hear you, I hear you. Um, it would be very, it would be Pep, wouldn't it, to, to do something, particularly in one of the biggest games, I'm sure. 
you know, I think he said actually in his interview yesterday, he's been thinking about this game for weeks. And then when he said, well, I haven't had time to think about the penalty shootout, so we'll speak about that tomorrow if, if and when it happens. Um, Can Edison take all five? <laughs> well, that would be good, wouldn't it? On those videos from yesterday. But yeah. Wait, so the, we, saw, we saw Sam Lee last night and Sam told yeah. us that Edison took 11 penalties and scored 10 of them in training yesterday. And they were all the same as that one, the video one. They were all just rockets in one corner or the other. Yeah. Oh, he is cold as ice, that boy in his veins. Um, I mean, it would be amazing if it came to that, but let's, let's try and avoid that. <laughs> yeah, I no, I, de- I definitely don't want it to go at penalties. Um, do you think this is... Do you think that this will be the end of something or the beginning of something? I think it'll be the... I think it should be the beginning. I think this team now... For me, with this season, we've started to see like a regeneration of Pep, mm. of Pep's almost second team at City. And yes, it contains some of the guys that were in the first team, you know, a Walker or a, a De Bruyne or, or Edison or whoever. But I think actually this is kind of, yeah, the second coming. We've seen, you know, Aguero's now basically the last bastion from the kind of the Mancini in 2012 era. Um, obviously, Foden's massively come to the fore this season. Mares has really established himself as a kind of first team player. Um and Diaz has obviously come in and, you know, been an absolute joke in defence. Um so I, I feel like really if you look at the age of the squad as well and you look at the starters, a lot of these guys are either kind of, you know, your Bernardo and Gundo age where they're like 20, 26 or 28, 29. But we're peppering that with with um with guys that have got that youthiness, Inchenko's I think only twenty three, Phil's twenty one. Yesterday, you know Stones are still pretty young, Edison's still young, so it feels like this should be like the second coming of mm. a of a of a new City team now. I'm beginning. I w- I've been thinking a lot about the post Guardiola era, yeah, and what that will look like. And I think the good thing is that. When you look at the types of players in general that we've signed, they've got the right mentality. And mm. I almost feel as though they will be they will become representatives of Pep even after he leaves the club. Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost I don't think Guardiola has fashioned a team. I don't think even that Barcelona team, because he was there for such a short amount of time really he's, he's never fashioned a team does that make sense like nurtured it like it just there's something about this core of players at city right now and particularly if they bring one or two in this summer you you feel almost as though two years from now you'll have loads of mini peps on the pitch absolutely yeah i mean like a lot of these guys have been they've probably had pep as a manager now for approaching half the half the length of their career. I mean, look at Phil, he's only had Pep as his manager. And I think one thing that really took me by surprise is Sam was saying the other day that Pep's been Aguero's manager for five years five or six yes. years now. And that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, half his time. That's Guardiola absolutely mental that when you think about that. So I, yeah, I'm I completely agree. I mean a player a guy like Ferner who's obviously hopefully gonna stay, but also De Bruyne, you know, there's no way that he's not going to leave a massive imprint on these guys and when he does eventually go because he will then I think that imprint is going to be very deeply embellished in those guys for sure definitely definitely I mean I'm 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 looking particularly at, at 
I guess I look at Rodri, I look at Bernardo, I look at Kev. Gundo. I look at Gundo. Uh, Diaz, man, Diaz is so young. Do you know what I mean? Like, almost him alone, you, you feel like he will have so much authority by He's the time... Three years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm literally twice his age or more or less getting to getting to close to do you know what I mean yeah. how can you be that mature and that much of a of a leader at that age um, do you think that we should be very 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 respectful of Chelsea in the sense that there is a lot of conversations I've heard a lot of conversations in the last 24 hours that have gone along the lines of City are the favourites, it's ours to lose. Even even Sterling yesterday in that interview saying the only the only team that can beat us is ourselves. And I'm just a little bit like, you know what? Nah, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think probably the dumbest thing that we could do is go into that game tonight going, we're going to win the European Cup tonight. That's a fucking nonsense. Chelsea are a top team, a top collection of players. Um, Thomas Tuchel, anybody who listened to the Julian Laurence interview that I did earlier in the week, like this guy is really, really highly rated. He's a top coach and he knows what he's doing. So how you, how are you feeling about Chelsea and about what there is in store? How do you see it playing out, actually? So I think... <clears throat> Chelsea are probably, if you could ask me to pick one, you know, a team in Europe that I would least like to face, I think they'd be definitely in probably the top three. Mm. They've just got that combination of uh, pragmatism under Tuchel where they can defend very well for long periods. I think they've shown uh, his record since, the record since he came in of conceding goals is, is incredible. Obviously they conceded two, I think, for the first time. Um, at Villa at the weekend obviously that was a bit of a, a batshit game for them but I, I think they'll be pragmatic I think it will be I think it will follow a relatively similar course to the games we've <clears throat> the recent games we've had against them which has been Chelsea kind of seed dominance a little bit to City they're happy to, to stay without the ball I think that suits them with their kind of like 3-4-3 three, three. particularly if Kante's fit which it sounds like um, it sounds like he is and I think they will try and use Mount, Pulisic and Werner because, again, speaking to Chelsea guys, we spoke to that Liam Twomey last night, it seems that that'll be the, the front three. Mm. And those three are obviously excellent in tight areas and on the break. So I, I think they'll look to use um, those three and see if they can nick it off a Kev or a Gundo and quickly transition to us. And I think they'll be happy to, to basically set that back well, back five up and just say to City, you know, have a bit of a go. So that's who how I expect you, it all go. Who would, you, who would you rather face, uh, Pulisic or Ziyech? I think I'd probably rather face Ziyech, which I think is, I think pre-Chelsea, I, I wouldn't have said that, but I think we've seen a little bit that don't think his output has been maybe as good as expected. I think that's kind of fair in his first season. Uh, he's just kind of bedding in. Pulisic scares me. I, I think really? Yeah, I think I think back to that performance at Anfield um, a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, where it was a bit like watching Hazard, the way that he just travelled with the ball. I think he can cover ground so quickly, and he's so technical. And those kind of players, obviously, are just a nightmare. I think we saw a good example was what Neymar managed to put up in the first half of the first leg of the PSG game, where 
just that technical ability just to move between the lines where even did you just compare Pulisic to Neymar I think on the on the ball as a dribbler I think Pulisic is 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 up there he's like probably okay. top 10 I think he's really good traveler with the ball interesting I personally I, I'd rather face Pulisic than Ziyech because I think that Ziyech is really intelligent and he knows how to drift in off that uh, right-hand side and become a problem and become a playmaker centrally. And I think that for our defence, I think it's a lot easier if you've just got a speed merchant stood out on that uh, on that touchline. I think you know what you have to deal with then. And I actually, I'm, and maybe, I don't want to tempt fate, I'm not saying that I don't rate Pulisic, but when you look at his struggles to get in the side, yeah, that it, I'm, I'm a bit like you in that I really thought that he was a worldie. But then when you look at his struggles to get in the Chelsea side since he arrived there, both under Lampard and now under Tuchel, there's obviously a weakness, yeah? And I wonder whether the weakness is going back towards his own, own goal. And I wonder whether that's kind of the balance that, you know, maybe Ziyech is more, a bit more intelligent, bit more kind of can play the game in his head, will know kind of where a position himself, will be able to read the game. Whereas Pulisic maybe is a guy who's got those technical skills and is super quick, but isn't necessarily smart enough to to play in a game like this. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see for sure. I think the other thing with Pulisic is he's, his finishing probably isn't as good as it should be. And if you look at the XG from this season, obviously Werner is the... The, the goat of, of that this season, but Pulisic is pretty high up. And Have I, you seen the video of shooting practice in the open <laughs> training for Chelsea yesterday? I actually haven't. You know. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! They're just firing over like poor Chelsea man. The really? Pepsi, even Chelsea fans are just like, what, what, why is this on the internet? Take it off the internet. It's really bad. Oh man! But you know what? That it's one of those weird things where you know when. You almost want to be awful all the way up until the game itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm looking at stuff like that and I'm going, that's not an omen. Like, I, I wouldn't be seeing that as an omen. I'd just be going, you know what? What matters is when they when the ref blows the whistle and it's time to play what you do then. Not what you do in a in an open training session. When Can I, um, can I come back to you on something, actually? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we properly discussed it before. You mentioned you think there might be curveball selection from our side what what do you think that'll be it's obviously going to be in the front four yeah that or the front six however you want to describe it I think if there's going to be a change it'll be there because I don't think there'll be I don't think Cancelo comes in for Zinchenko I don't think that Pep will do that I think Stones and Diaz and Walker pick themselves um, after that you begin to look at it and you go, well, is it Fernandinho or is it Rodri? Yeah. Who would you start with? I think it has to be Ferner. Right. Which so, concerns me a bit, but I think his form this his form recently has been so good. And actually, conversely, Rodri's hasn't been amazing. And I think there's that instance where Rodri gave the ball away, didn't he? Um, passing blind back to his own goal against Everton. And it was just a bit like, Mm. On the the week that we're playing the Champions League final, I think, I think it feels right for for Fernand to get the nod, but it's a close call. I don't think it's. I don't. Think I think it'll be Fernandinho. I really do think it'll mm. be Fernandinho. You know what the curveball is that I woke up thinking, fucking hell, he might do that. It's Gabriel Jesus for uh, for Bernardo 
that's the one that I look at and I go, because really they, they both offer a similar amount of running back towards your own goal work. Yeah. And I don't have like a, a tactical reason for why he'd pick Jesus over Bernardo. I just, I, I mean, for me, Bernardo's off the ball work has been incredible in this run. And this isn't a criticism, but I don't necessarily think that he's had enough of an impact on the ball in those games and in those moments. If you look across the, really, if I look across the last three months, I think he's been incredible off the ball and he's been incredible in terms of being like a, a, a cog in that machine. Uh, without standing out, without doing anything that really you feel like has impacted the game. Um, and I just, I wonder whether Pep just looks at it tonight and goes, you know what, I want more of a striker type to do that job. Do you know what I mean? Like, you allow that. I think if you play with, this is where maybe it gets a bit tactical. If you play with Jesus, does that then allow you to have Kev a little bit deeper because he doesn't have to be a false nine. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think they're valid points. I think the 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 concern that I would have is if you drop Bernardo, I think you cede a bit of control mm-hmm. in possession. I think you're absolutely bang on to be honest. Bernardo for me this season has been a very very important cog, but he's not been one of the standout probably seven players. I think you pick, you know, I think we all know the names um, ahead of him. Like you said, I think he's been amazing off the ball. I think he, he runs the most of any player pretty much every game. Um, I think he's recycling a possession and just kind of keeping, getting City back to that City team where I think what what was during like November, October when we looked absolutely dog, what we really weren't managing to do was keep keep possession in the opposition's half and absolutely suffocate them, mm. recycle the ball around the box and just do that City thing where you feel the goal's coming. I think Bernardo's key to that, but I agree, his output, I think if you looked at goals assists, Listen, it's, I, not, it's, not, it's not massive for me. I, I think if you look across all the other forwards, yeah, I think that if anybody else has the paucity of numbers that Bernardo has, I think they get a lot more criticism. I think that he's having the type of um, moment that Gabby Jesus had earlier in his City career where people just went, well, I love him because of what he does off the ball and I love the kind of all the stuff that isn't necessarily the goals and the assists that that he brings to the team. Um, But I just wonder whether tonight is about, tonight isn't about a point, do you know what I mean? Tonight's about three points, tonight's about winning and I wonder whether Guardiola looks at it and he goes, I want that goal threat. And I wonder whether that finish from last weekend or the weekend before, and I know that he had two later in the game that that were um, uh, that he didn't finish, but still the first one that he took, I wonder whether that just planted a seed in, uh, in Pep's head. Um, you don't think Sterling gets into an idea? I don't think so. I think... Mm. Maybe instead of a instead of Bernardo as a Jesus, but I don't. I think Foden and Mares definitely play. I just can't. Yeah, no, I can't absolutely. See, I can't absolutely. see how they don't play. Absolutely. Um, so it would have to be basically Raz up front, or one of those two up front, or 
do you know what I mean? I, I, I just don't. I can't see with a configuration how Raz plays because I don't think I, Raz is a nine. We haven't seen it that much this season because it's not worked yep. generally, and I think that's why we've landed on the false nine. Um, I mean, Raz in midfield that doesn't happen. No. Um, so it's either Raz on the wing, and so I think if those two play, which I think they will. I'm struggling to see how Sterling starts, to be honest. Mm. I'm glad that, um, so yeah, like you said, we talked to Liam Chel, the athletic writer for Chelsea. For Chelsea. He was saying that it'll be uh, Jorginho and not Kovacic. And, and I was saying that I'm all right with that. I, I actually think that Kovacic's dynamism and his mm. kind of ability to carry the ball um, is it, it can be very dangerous and very problematic. And I almost prefer the kind of relatively static Jorginho for for our lot to press and to deal with. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Jorginho for me is a bit of a... Uh, just a bit like what I think kind of Gareth Barry used to be for us, which is get the ball, move the ball, yeah. and don't do much else with it. And that's, you know, it's not necessarily a criticism, but I think he's quite a quite a simple, functional player. Kovacic, for me, has more edge to his game. I think mm. he's, you know, he's not really a great goal scorer, but like you say, he's a good dribbler. I think he's like really good in tight areas. Um, but interestingly, what Liam was saying, um, wasn't it, is that they've found in recent weeks that Kovacic has been robbed quite a few times yeah. on the ball, and that's put them under a lot of pressure. So, um, obviously, they watch more Chelsea than us, don't they? I think turnovers in... in uh in City's team and in Chelsea's team, when you play the way those two sides play, there's certain positions in certain areas of the pitch that lads just can't give the ball away, do you know what I mean? I almost feel as though when you look at Rodri and Fernandinho and what's happened in the last eight weeks, it's just that thing that in yeah. big moments, Rodri's basically been given up a turnover and you just go, you can't do that in the quarterfinal or the semi-final of the Champions League because one chance, one goal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, that's And we've been on the receiving end of that too many times in the Champions League. I've actually taught myself into the idea there's no way Rodri starts tonight. It, it will absolutely be Fernandinho. I think the fact that... I almost feel as though if, they, if there wasn't that thing that he's getting a new contract, then I'd be a little bit like, mm, maybe it'll be Rodri. But knowing that he's going to be here next year, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. Tonight, it's Ferner. Um and actually, even thinking about the whole Jesus Sterling Bernardo thing, I actually think actually it will be Bernardo because in terms of a curveball, you've got ninety minutes of the game, and it's a game that you can affect on sixty. Do you know what I mean? You can do if you've got Torres, Sterling, Jesus from the bench on uh, on sixty. It gives you it gives you plenty of options, and I definitely think we've got more options than Chelsea from the bench. But that's I think that's mainly because. Tuchel has frozen out um, Hudson Odoi and, and Abraham. I I think they're both top players. I really do. And the fact that they're that they're almost completely frozen out, I'm all right with that. Yeah, I so I, I would echo that. I mean, like I so Abraham was actually at Bristol City last year that I was in Bristol and I went to watch him when he was like 19 on loan there for the first time, and he was just a joke. I mean, I know that. That's you know it's a completely different level, but he just stood out like a sore thumb. And yeah, I think <clears throat> I think Abraham particularly is obviously Premier League quality. Maybe not good enough to start for Chelsea. I think mm -hmm. that's fair enough. But you know, someone that like a 
a Wolves or that kind of standard of team should just absolutely snap up. Um, Hudson-Odoi actually, weirdly, uh, once by pure accident, a, a JJB like goal centre in London ended up uh, playing five-a-side against him for like... Really? Yeah, only for like 15 minutes. He was just there. He was only a couple of years ago, so he could only have been 18 and he definitely shouldn't have been there because obviously as a, as a pro, you cannot be doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like... Obviously, we're all shy and you know, just you know, like playing a bit of footy as everyone does. But the the technique on that guy, it was just like I'd never seen anything like that in, in that close of quarters. I played against Luke Shaw once, and that was a bit unfair. He played up front and scored four. Um, but yeah, just I, I'm, again, I think Hudson Adoy just got a lot of quality in, in tight areas, great dribbler, but clearly. Tuchel definitely doesn't fancy those two, does he? So. No, no, I'm all right with that. I'm definitely, uh, definitely all right with that. Um, have we missed anything? Is there anything that you, anything that you feel we need to, to, to think about before we think about beer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel the only other thing is, I don't know why. You tell me if I'm wrong here, but Giroud has always scared me a little bit. I just feel if if you do need a goal, he's such a good person to bring off the bench because he's a very different, very yeah. different striker. Diaz, Diaz. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, Diaz. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think I think my personal opinion is that nines like that have got no chance against Diaz. Like you kind of you that type of you know physical, technically really good, but still not too quick. Diaz is dealing with that. Because he's not doing anything daft. He's gonna give you he's gonna give you half a yard to control the ball, and then he's just gonna crawl up your bum and go, "Come on, then, get past me." Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, no, I'm 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 not. Famous last words. I'm not overly concerned about uh, Olivier Giroud right now. You know what I am concerned about? Because I think Werner. Yeah, Werner. So check this out. I'm gonna make this confession now on this podcast, and I've been meaning to do it for about three months now. You know, we all make daft predictions at the start of the season. Absolutely. So I said to a friend of mine, I didn't write it down anywhere, thankfully, so it can't be, uh, it can't be uh, held against me, but I'll say it now. I said to a friend of mine, Timo Werner will have the impact at Chelsea that Aguero had at City. Wow, how bad a call is that? But I rate him. Do you know what I mean? I really, really rate him. And I think that... Oh, I'd fucking hate it if tonight you found a shooting boost. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need that. <laughs> I, don't need that. I was so I, I watched the uh, I watched the the end of the Premier League so last weekend with my mate Danny, who's a big Chelsea fan, and he actually he really knows his footy, and he showed me there's this compilation. Werner's scored twelve goals this season that have been ruled out for VAR or offside or various wow. things. So he's twelve goals short of of what would be actually quite a decent tally of close, I think, 20, 25 plus goals in all competitions. Mm -hmm. um, so that, uh, he has not had a great season and I've watched a lot of Chelsea and my God, he's missed some genuine sitters. Like from four yards out, he's put it over the bar. But I do think actually, obviously, it's always, always revealing to speak to people who watch their team night in, week in, week out. And I think it's maybe a similar thing with Jesus for us. And Dan was saying, you know, he has actually put the ball in the union bag more times than everyone thinks, but it's been ruled out for mm. various different things, handballs, offsides, etc. So I know what you mean. I, I, he just, he's just got all the raw materials to be 
a top like elite number nine and you do feel like it will fall into place Definitely. at some point and it, let's just hope it's not fucking tonight no well look I think I think that from our perspective that side Stones Walker and Rodri and even Mares running back towards his own goal they have they can't my biggest fear is the spaces in between Stones Walker that Mount will t- Mason Mount picking up that pocket in there that little uh that little channel there and Werner's movement is very, very, very problematic. Do you know what I mean? And I think that I'll really, particularly, I look at Walker and Stones and I go, "You boys have to be absolutely switched on." I mean, they'll be they'll be drilled. They'll be they'll be really well drilled. It's I do think it will come down to nerve to bottle tonight. Certainly from a City point of view, because they've they've got the quality to to make it really difficult for Chelsea and really basically keep them quiet and shut them out but they have to play at their at their top level to do that I, th- <clears throat> I think yeah I agree I think Walker for me has got to have an 8 or 9 out of 10 game I think for us to win because um, I think we've seen in the two the two games against Chelsea recently Werner's just ability to get in behind and yes I think the timing of his runs is sometimes shite because we've seen he's been caught offside but when he gets it right he is so quick that Walker is the obvious one in our back four that we're going to have to lean on. And yeah. so his recovery pace and just ability to hopefully not drop a clanger and just have, you know, I think he's been excellent recently. Um, I think we're going to need a lot of that this evening, yeah. Yesterday was Foden's birthday, Stone's birthday and Walker's birthday. Is that right? Weird that, isn't it? Yeah, Noel Gallagher's birthday today. Oh, the omens. Yeah, all the omens, man. It's the Chief's birthday today. Oh, Right, Lloyd. I'm wrapping this up because I, I don't need a beer any a fucking coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's still early. It's still early. It's still way too early. Um, right, mate. Thank you very much. Yes. Thanks. L- little handshake there. Let's do it, yeah. To everybody who listened, enjoy your City in the European Cup final Saturday experience wherever you are, whatever you are. Be safe. Be well. Win, lose, or fucking draw. Up the blues.